This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's a new episode of Cards Cast. Cardinal Authority Senior Writer Michael McCammon with publisher Jody Demling here. A lot going on, Jody. A lot to cover. A lot of exciting things. I mean, it's been a string of good things, you know, for multiple programs at the University of Louisville. So let's get to it with, obviously, you know, some of the biggest news in, in, as far as how they've exceeded expectations. And that is clearly Scott Satterfield's uh, football team and picking up that big bowl eligibility win at NC State. Yeah, really a big congrats out to them. And, you know, and they seem to, you know, once Scott Satterfield got here and had his staff, I mean, they they carried a, a confidence of them that this would, you know, that they were going to be able to rebuild this quickly. Obviously, they never put any, you know, guesstimates on how many wins they might have. But now that they're bowl eligible, when we talked to them, you could tell there's not really too much surprise from within their coaching staff that this was accomplished. No, and, I, and and we mentioned this early in the year several times on the board, and we've talked about it on podcasts, but I, I think the best thing that Scott Satterfield did was not set the expectation too low. He didn't come in and say, oh, we're going to suck, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but he didn't also come in and say, we're going to make a bowl game. It was always kind of even keel. He, he had the expectation within the program but in the media in that, he did not do like a lot of coaches would and say, oh, we're going to be this, we're going to be that. Um, he simply answered the questions and said he expected yeah. good things, but he didn't set it too high or too low. And, and Michael, I think that I think that's huge. I think that makes it really uh, – I thought that made it a really good uh, – it, it made him look like, okay, um, he thinks they're going to be good. But yet people who didn't think they were going to be good, he made it think like, oh, he thinks they're going to be bad. He really didn't yeah. kind of go one way or the other. Yeah, I think when he came in, I think, you know, he pinpointed, and we heard this from, from Vince Tyra when he was talking about it the other day with the media, you know, about their bowl eligibility, how he kind of believed and that the talent was still there, that uh, the right coach and staff could come in and get this team to uh, bowl eligibility. But but Scott, or Sat- Scott Satterfield himself you know, kind of set the, I guess, put expectations in an area where he could really control them. And that was changing the culture, changing the mindset, let, let the fans see these players having fun again, let them see the players smiling again. Then when the, when we get on the field, let's fly around, let's have some fun. And that is an area that he was able to control and did a great job from the start. And of course, if you're able to make that kind of an impact immediately in the personal lives on how guys are are feeling about a program or themselves as a player or even off the field, then certainly that's going to, you know, flow over into the performance on the field. And I think we're seeing that, and, you know, and the great thing is, is this is just the beginning. So, you know, obviously now that they've gotten to that bowl in year one, clearly expectations are now going to start to climb at a higher re- level, but certainly something to, to celebrate and, and looking forward to, you know, obviously two games still to go. That's the other part, you know, they didn't get this on the last game of the season. You know, they still got two Look. games left that, that they could win both. Look, Michael, there's talent on this team. We're not going to yeah. relive everything that was screwed up last year, but there's talent on this team. There's still guys on this team that 
um, that that knew that knew what it felt like to go to a bowl game. Most of the guys on this team knew what it felt like to go to a bowl game. Louisville is a staple in bowl season. I mean, they just have been for the last decade. Yeah, I mean, that's there's no that's there's one no of the reasons why, why these so many guys came. Yeah, right. There's no reason yeah. why they shouldn't go to a bowl game each and every year. Uh, in the league that they're at with where they're at with this program. And I think Scott Satterfield realized that uh, towards the end of spring football is is, is kind of my gut feeling. Uh, they felt like, OK, you know, Vince wasn't lying. There is some talent here. And, uh, you know, a lot of things have gone uh, a lot of things have gone well, but it's interesting sure. how things have gone. I, I look back and I wonder. And this is no knock on Puma because he won the starting quarterback job. But what would it have been like with Puma? Uh, as the quarterback, because I think Mikhail Cunningham gives this offense a little something different than what Puma brings. Uh, I do think we would have seen both of them. It would have been a rotation in and out, just like it has been with Evan kind of uh, for a few yeah. games. Yeah. Um, but but there's so many things that happen throughout the course of the year, uh, one way or the other, that could have bro- that could have put this over the top or whatever. I this is look to me this is a big game this weekend because um, and 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 I, we're gonna I'm kind of jumping around here, but because here's the deal, Michael. Right now, you're still seeing out there military independence and quick lane bowl. Okay, you're still seeing those bowls. Yeah. Uh, independence Which is great quick considering lane. the expectations. But. Right, exactly. Independence and quick lane are two ones that I don't think anybody not not to knock him. And I love Art Carmody. He's the director like he's the bowl director this year, <laughs> the executive director of the Independence Bowl. Love me some art. But I don't think anybody wants to go to Shreveport or Detroit the day or two days after Christmas. OK, military bowl would be cool. I don't want to play Navy there, though, at a home game. Pinstripe yeah, Bowl okay. would be awesome. Yeah. Music City, Belk, Sun, Camping World. And of course, the granddaddy that we would all love to go to this year is the orange. If you win at Syracuse, you win against Syracuse this week. I think you remove any possibility that you go to the independence or quick lane. I already think that's probably gone right now as it is. I, I yeah. think right now you're, you're talking pinstripe or military or sun more than anything. If you don't win any other games, if you win this week, you put your name firmly in the mix. You're going to go to the pinstripe, the music city, the belt, the sun, or perhaps the Camping World Bowl. And again, I've been told uh, now by two different people uh, that the Camping World Bowl uh, really wants Louisville. Uh, they, you know, they might have to take Notre Dame, or they might, you know, be in a spot where they get Notre Dame and they would take Notre Dame. Um, but if it comes down to them taking an ACC team and Louisville has seven uh, or eight wins, I think Louisville ends up uh, in uh, in Orlando, and it would be a matchup probably against Texas, which would be really cool. Yeah, and think about this. This is a program that let's rewind the clock to the ACC kickoff in North Carolina that was projected by ACC media to come in dead last without question. It wasn't even close in the ACC Atlantic. And they beat Syracuse on Saturday. Number the second number two spot in the division is there. So, which then leads you know to a discussion that's that's starting to I guess gain a little steam. We've even seen him uh, mentioned for a national award, and that's uh, Scott Satterfield winning the ACC. Uh, coach of the year award i mean i think if you and i were voting for it if it was up to you and i i think we'd already be getting the, the plaque engraved but certainly worthy of a lot of consideration from people throughout the league i have michael i have a vote for national coach of the year um and uh, and i got the back today and uh, i could have filled it out in about uh, five seconds no <laughs> I, I i'll fess up i'll be a homer in that because look i saw where this program was 
Yeah. And I saw what he's done with this. I think Ed Orgeron's done a great job at LSU. They're going to probably win the national championship, in my opinion, or at least they're the they're they're one of the top two or three teams in the country. And I think in the end, they they're really good. But they weren't where Louisville was. They they, they there's not you know it's it's not difficult to take five stars, in my opinion, and 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 win games when you're supposed to do that. Uh, there's other guys out there that have had great years and great seasons, but I don't know that anybody, especially in the ACC, has done what Scott Satterfield has done. It's just been remarkable um, uh, to see the uh, to, to see where he has taken this thing uh, and what he's done with this program so far. And I have to credit, and he did a little bit yesterday on Twitter, I mean, the staff has been the staff has been phenomenal. I, I've told you before, I really don't know. And we had a thread about this. I really don't know. Like and I had somebody ask me this at the game um, last week, uh, another uh, from another from another outlet, not uh, a national outlet and said, who's the best hire? Like who? who? And I said, I, I don't know. You can't really say that. And I don't I really don't. I don't think you can, Michael. I don't think you can say you know, Brian Brown has been the best hire. Dwayne Ledford is like the obvious one. Look what Stu Holt has done with the tight ends. The special teams I know struggle against Miami, but other than that, they've been pretty darn good this season. Yep. How about yep. Norval McKenzie? You've got a thousand yard rusher. What about the what about the strength coach, Siriano? Is he the most I mean, there's so many guys. <laughs> By the way, happy birthday to Mike Siriano today. Uh his uh his birthday. But is there is it, it, there's so many guys on the staff that you could say were the most important hire. Yeah, I mean, you could, like you were saying, you, you listed off a number of, of the guys. I mean, Gunnar Brewer, I mean, you could just keep going down the, the list. You know, Mark Ivey and what he's doing with an undersized and depleted depth on the defensive line. But, you know, what that fire has brought to, to the team, not just the defensive line, but the entire team. So, yeah, you could you could go all the way down, you know, and, you know, let's not forget Frank Ponce. I mean, he came into a situation, a quarterback situation that, that was quite questionable, uh, to say the least. And, and now we're looking at a Malik Cunningham as one of the most efficient quarterbacks uh, in the country. So um, a lot of impressive things to, you know, that they, that they have done. So. As I mentioned, he was a uh, Scott Satterfield was uh, named a semifinalist for one of the the national awards, the George Munger Coach of the War Year award. So we'll keep an eye on that as well. And and one of the, one of the other areas that he's doing really well, he and his staff are doing really well, is on the recruiting trail. And and they're, Jody, they're going to have a a number of really impressive studs in for official visits this weekend. Well, it's a big weekend, not just officials, but there's a lot of unofficial visits. There'll be some guys, um, you know, Josh Griffith. That, Griffiths is the kid from IMG who just recently did his official visit. Uh, he's committed to Florida State. Louisville really wants him a defensive end. He'll be on campus, uh, supposed to be on an unofficial visit. Um, you know, some some commitments will be here. Zay Peterson, I know, is coming up from uh, from IMG with Josh. Uh, that he is committed to Louisville and played with him this uh, this year at IMG. So uh, that should be good for uh, that should be good for Louisville to have a commitment with him. And then you've yeah. got the uh, official visits. Yaya Diaby is the only official visit um, of, of the three guys from Georgia military that isn't committed. The other two, Trevor Reed uh, and uh, Marvin Dallas, are committed. All three of those guys uh, are committed and are, are coming up this weekend, and Diaby is the only one that's uh, not committed. I have to, I have to laugh, be, laugh because I tweeted out a story uh, here not long ago about uh, uh, the today about um, – uh, the three military Georgia military guys, and it took about 30 seconds for Yaya to retweet it. I think he beat you, Michael. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, he's a guy, he's a guy that's got ended up getting 10 other offers. He's a big time uh -huh. defensive end. 
Uh, he's a top 20 kid in the uh, in the junior college rank. There's no question about it. He's one of the better junior college players uh, in the in the country. And Louisville's right there. Louisville's got a great uh, relationship with Georgia military. Dale Jones was the defensive coordinator there for for quite a while. Um, and and Yaya has not visited any other schools. He's been to Louisville back in June for camp. <clears throat> His offers has not been anywhere else. That bodes pretty well to me for me uh, looking at it. If you think uh, uh, that he hadn't been anywhere else, but he's coming to Louisville this weekend, so it'll be it'll be very interesting uh, to see what happens as far as um, uh, this weekend goes with these commitments because I think Josh Griffiths. Yaya Diaby and then Maurice Wren, who's another junior college guy. They're the three defensive ends that that, that Louisville really wants. I don't. I, I, I'd be shocked if they were, were able to take three, um, or all three of them are going to be on campus <clears throat> at the same time. Michael, does anybody pull the trigger? Yeah, you know, that's the the question. I mean, I had talked to Yaya Diaby earlier in his recruiting process, and he said it multiple times throughout his process that Louisville is his top school. Certainly, when you've got two of your closest buddies and and teammates, you know, that are already committed there and showing that excitement for it, you know, that makes obviously Louisville the the extreme heavy favorite there. And I think that's going to be the case going in. But you know, it does bring up the question because obviously this is a recruiting class that is filling up. You know, there's only so many spots left. You know, so it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how these you know potential commitments do develop. Does somebody pop this weekend? If not, could they potentially wait too long and somebody else grab that spot that they were anticipating getting? You know, so that's that's kind of the drama that we start to see. You know, and we're seeing it a little bit earlier because obviously now with the earlier signing period, so you know, we're starting to see things like that in the the months of November where kids, you know, that are up against the wall. Hey, you know, we're filling up. You got to make your decision. So I'm I'm curious to see if one of them will pop this weekend, and if so. How much will that impact the other two's decision? No doubt about it. I think it's exciting to see. And there's a lot uh, There's a lot that will happen over the course of the next month or so, uh, including that, Michael. We've talked a lot about on the board about guys who uh, could potentially uh, enroll early. So yeah. so here, here's my deal. Like, a lot, there's 13 right now on my list, okay? I do expect if everything works out like it is right now, and nothing changes, okay? And we're talking November 21st, so we still have uh, a month and a week, a month and a week, let's say, before guys know for sure that, hey, I'm coming on January 1st or January 2nd or January 4th. I think most of them will be here on January 4th on that Saturday, by the way, uh, and start classes on January 6th. I expect right now that the two guys that did not make it last year, Jamel Starks, and Jadarius Boykin, right now, all signs point to them being in school in December. I think, in my mind, I see Starks as a, a, a more definite guy right now, but I think both of them probably will end up being in camp, on campus and part of the team. That's a huge step right there. I also think, um, we've talked about the enrollees, I think we're going to get 13 of the guys right now. You know, Lovey Jenkins has confirmed to me definitely he's coming. T. Webb's coming. Brock Travelstead is coming. Zay Peterson's coming. And Brad, uh, Braden Smith. Also, um, Marvin Dallas is the one from Georgia Military. Trevor Reed can't. That's a, that's one that stinks. He has one class he's got to finish up, uh, and he couldn't get it finished. So uh, that's that's one that would be nice to have because honestly, if Makai Becton leaves, I think he's the starting left tackle uh, next season. Tim Lawson will be here. Christian Fitzpatrick. And then the other guys who are hopeful to be here, and Kobe Baines, and Kobe Baines will be here. The other guys that are hopeful to be here, 
uh, Zay Peterson, Dwayne Martin, Jordan Watkins, Henry Bryant, and Cam Wilson. So that puts you at 13 guys. If you get those other two guys, Michael, that's 15 new faces for fall camp or for spring camp. That's unreal, and that is what is going to help this program uh, build the depth that they need for next season. Yeah, I was going to say that's the way you build a program, and, and you kind of build it quickly as you get these these guys. And what's going to be, you know, one of Louisville's, you know, highest ever recruiting classes coming in with ha- at least half of them. It looks like maybe slightly more than half coming in with the determination, and that's how they are. I mean, these are stars from from high school teams that, that have been impacting their teams and that's what they're used to. They're expecting to come in, make an impact as a freshman. I suspect, you know, even though we saw a lot of the guys that were newcomers this year ended up being able to hang on to those red shirts. I think next year we might see a little bit of a greater number of newcomers coming in and making an impact. And, you know, and it's, I think it's going to, you know, bode well for, you know, with them coming in early, but bode well early for creating that quality depth, uh, not just from the guys that are on the team now, but, you know, come fall camp, those guys that came in in January certainly are a little more seasoned than if they came in just as regular freshmen. Again, no doubt about it. And again, I think that that's the the key thing is, and the key thing is that that this can change. You know, what I mean, there's yep. one guy on the list, uh, and I'm not going to mention who the guy who the kid is, just because I mean it's a it's an academic thing. But there's one guy on the list that um, um, that is not doing great in a class in one class. And, and he might have to take it over. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like he might have to take that class over this year. Well, that stinks for him. Hopefully in the next few weeks, he can pick things up and, uh, and, and make sure that he is on that. It stays on that list that he, that he comes in and, uh, and enrolls early. It's difficult. People, I, I, some people make it look easy and that's the crazy thing. I'm not sure how some schools make it look easy. It's not really that easy because you've got to make sure you've got all your cross all your you know dot your t across your t's and dot your i's and everything. Oh. And the NCAA is uh, is looking you know pretty hard at this stuff just to make sure that nothing's going crazy and that these guys really are uh, not just eligible but enrolled. You know. Yeah, and it's a growing trend. I suspect you know we're going to see higher numbers of this. I mean, once they instituted that earlier sign period and giving kids a, a stronger opportunity to to come in and, and enroll early and and get in to start getting into the swing of things, participate in spring practice. I think it's going to be a continual growing, uh, growing trend, but which will then of course probably mean even closer eyes from the NCAA on uh, making sure that all those dot eyes are dotted and all those T's are crossed. And, you know, and it, and it's something that, as you mentioned, it, it could be just one little thing uh, that can, that can hold it up. So um, it certainly takes a lot of hard work to get, get there and, you know, kudos to the kids that are able to accomplish it and, and being able to get on campus early and potentially make more of an impact, than you would uh, otherwise, you know, good for them. No doubt about it. And, uh, Michael, we'll, uh, let's switch gears to uh, basketball a little bit. Uh, as, yep. uh, uh, you know, the cards didn't look great last night in the first half, I didn't think. Give credit to USC Upstate because uh, they did make shots. And uh, and when a team makes shots, it, make you look, it makes you look a little different. And, I, you know, I think Chris made a good point um, last night in the, in the postgame and then, I also listened to him this uh, this morning. I re- listened to the one with Paul and Bob on the uh, uh, on the on the network. And you know, human nature at times plays a factor in sports, and we often forget that. And human nature knows. Everybody was talking about it. How bad USC Upstate was. How young they were. <laughs> and the Louisville was supposed to win by 36. So human nature sometimes kicks in. And I think it did a little bit last night to those guys of, eh, you know, we're gonna win this one. And and, and, and it's not always that way. It's not always as easy as it is. Now, it, it was easy in the end, and the Cards got a, a nice win, and, uh, uh, you know, nothing nothing hurt. But uh, 
uh, again, it's uh, it, 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 it's a good step in the right direction because they were faced with a little adversity that maybe they didn't think they were going to have last night. And the fact that, oh, we better play a little bit, you know, I mean, we got to yeah. we got to yeah. do something. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited for David and Malik to get in there. Um, I, you know, DJ's not going to dunk every single thing that he has in his career at the University of Louisville. Uh, but I can tell you <laughs> this from watching him. Uh, for the last uh, four years uh, closely when he was at Trinity, uh, and I saw a ton of his games over the course of, the, of, of time, he, he likes to dunk, and you're going to see a ton of them. Um, in, uh, you're going to see a ton of dunks from David Johnson, uh, and it, that's a difference. It's a difference from the point guards that we've been used to. Remember Peyton Siva? Uh, used to dunk, used to be fun, used to get up there. Russ used to whatever, and you know, just get up there. All you know, I mean, Fresh Kimball can uh, can catch that lob last night and get up there, but they're not above the rim like David Johnson, and it really uh, brings an added element to the point guard position. Yeah, and Chris pointed that out, pointed that out. You know, last night after the games, like look, we ran that play for Fresh. We also ran it for David. You know, Fresh caught it closer to the floor. David caught it above the rim, you know, so that's clearly the, the difference there. I mean, you got to love having a big point guard like that. And yeah, great seeing them both out there. And obviously that that brief split second scare that Malik Williams gave us when he got fouled hard, you know, and kind of came up limping for a second. But uh, he, you know, like he said after the game, I'm good to go. I'm here to stay. But uh, you mentioned the sluggish start and I, you know, I couldn't help but be sitting up at at my press press seat uh, early in the game thinking, what have I done? Because at his pregame press conference, I asked Coach Mack, you know, are you pleased? You know, the question was kind of like, are you pleased with how the guy's mental approach is to, to playing these games where you're heavily favored? And his re- his immediate response was, I'm not going to give them credit for a game they haven't played yet. And I'm sitting here watching, you know, this first half. I'm like, uh, I hope he doesn't remember that in the post game. And thankfully, they pulled away and got that that big win. But uh, what you like, you know, because I mean, one of the things we've heard or we've seen all year long so far through this very short year so far in, in the four prior games is their inability to, to close out strong. And here was a game where they had to close out strong to look impressive, and they did. I mean, they just took off and went running away with it. But, uh, um, you know, it's it's nice to see them get a challenge like that, to get a little bit of a scare. I don't think they really ever were frightened, but I think it's a, a lesson where they needed to learn, like, hey, you know, kind of like against Ohio State, hey, we just can't show up and, and expect to win. We've got to go out and play our game to, you know, if we're going to be who we want to be. Yeah, and they're, and they're going to be fine. Look, they're – they're one of the top. I mean, are they one? I don't know. Are they two? I don't know. They're one of the top five teams in the country. I think they'll continue to improve and be there. And by the end of the year, when he has a finished product, I firmly believe that this team has a chance to uh, uh, has a chance to contend for a national title. There, uh, the uh, it's funny because the odds have dropped to ten to one um, now out in uh, in Vegas. So. I think they started at 22 to one, like in, in the, when I, I remember when I, a, a buddy of mine has actually has a ticket of for on 22 to one, which now seems nice. like a steal for Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they dropped, they kept dropping gradually over time. And then, uh, and then this past weekend uh, when I checked, they had gone from, uh, from, from 12 to one down to 10 to one. Uh, and, uh, and I think, I think Duke might've been the only team that was a little bit lower. I think Duke might've been nine to one. So anyway, cards are going to be right there. Um, it's going to be an interesting season, and there's going to be there's going to be a loss here or there. Everybody's going to have to just realize that it's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to happen to everybody. Happen. There's not a dominant team out there this year, and uh, and and hopefully, hopefully this team can improve enough. And I think there's enough young guys 
on this team that will show improvement that uh, that they can keep getting better and better over the year. As far as recruiting goes, look, I do think Jalen Terry at some point or another, uh, I, I mean, it could happen. The, the recruiting period, the signing period ended yesterday. Jalen Terry could commit today. I don't think he will, uh, but uh, but he could commit any, any time because uh, I think Louisville does leave now. It, could that change? It could. I mean, it definitely could because he didn't he didn't sign. His dad really wants him to visit Oregon. I think they will visit Oregon um, at some point over the course of the next uh, few weeks uh, and then maybe wrap up the recruitment. Right now, it's literally between Louisville and Oregon, and he has not visited Oregon. I think the kid wants to go to Louisville. I just think the dad wants him to be careful. They, uh, they had a, a situation where – they felt the family felt like they rushed into it at Michigan State, and they didn't want to do that again. And uh, I don't blame them. It stinks, and I wish they could have gotten a, a visit to Oregon in last week, but the kid ended up coming down uh, with a sickness and illness and uh, and couldn't make a, a visit to Oregon last weekend, or uh, this whole thing could be over and uh, Louisville's class could be over. Right now, you just watch those other three guys, and, uh, you know, if they don't get Terry – there's some options for guys to reclassify. You know, I mean, Zion Harmon was here. Christian Lander loves. I, I you know, it, 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 right now that's just all kind of up in the air and speculation. We'll just have to wait and see. Uh, the staff will also start looking at grad transfers. So, uh, um, yep, yep. you know, I mean, that, now grad transfers won't be coming open yet. But, I mean, that, and I mean start by, like, you know, towards the end of the season, not like right now. So um, was, that's kind of where that is, Michael. Yeah, I mean, of course, when you say Louisville versus Oregon, you can't help but think Adidas versus Nike. So be interested to see who, uh, which shoe wins out on that one, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think – I mean, <laughs> with this kid, it's not one of those uh, – I mean, to yeah. be quite honest, I mean, in recruiting, you can tell what what, what recruitments are going to come down to. Um, uh, uh, you know, is it going to be a battle between this shoe or that shoe? And I, I really don't get that. This is one where the family is very um, upfront, very close knit, and uh, and very involved, and in, in a good way, not in a not in a bad way, uh, in in a very good way. And uh, uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think this will be interesting to see uh, how it does play out, and uh, hopefully, hopefully things stay like they are right now. And if they do that, then then I would expect. Uh, uh, that he'll be a Cardinal at some point, because like I said, I think the, I think Louisville does lead. Uh, and I think the kid really liked the visit. And, uh, and I think that, uh, uh, in the end, it'll probably work out the best for, uh, the Louisville Cardinals. Hey, real quick, the women, uh, um, are rolling. The uh, bracketology came out this week. They're a two seed in the first one on ESPN this year. They got a huge game against number one, Oregon next week, uh, in the, in the U S Virgin islands. I don't, I don't think at this point that they'll be able to hang with Oregon. I think that's probably one of maybe the only team that that nobody in the country can hang with right now. I mean, they're going to average 90 uh, points a game this year. They're a legit favorite and that kind of thing. But Coach Walls and his staff have done a great job. Uh, and they've done a great job of, of restocking the cupboard. You know, when we talked about yeah. the last podcast, when you can redshirt a McDonald's All-American and another player who was ranked in the top 50, and you can redshirt them and have them work out and be around the team and travel and do all the things that they can do, and then they're going to play next year, it's like having a, you know, it's like having a sophomore uh, come in, and, and they're still going to have four years. And then you have this yeah, recruiting then... class, which, you know, <laughs> Haley Van Lift is is the most – She's the most dynamic recruit they've ever uh, they've ever uh, signed, and I mean that by the whole package, like you know her her Instagram, her her followers, her the aura around her, the the the, the you know just everything about her. 
um, uh, is unreal. Uh, Olivia yeah. Cochran is a top 10 player, and she's awesome. And Marissa Russell might be the best of them because nobody ranks her, but she's a Canadian kid who played on the Canadian senior national team. Like, she played with the pros last summer and held, and held her own. Uh, and then Alana Smith, who uh, who was from UCLA and started for UCLA last year, so a huge class. Yeah, good point about Haley Van Lith, and obviously very. You know, we we saw on Cardinal Authority the type of excitement you know level for her recruitment that we've seen for basketball, men's basketball players, football players. You know, so it was quite impressive. And you just got to do one one quick uh, internet search. Uh, you know, for her, and you're going to see fan pages on Instagram and, and Twitter and everywhere. So, like you said, she's got she's already got herself a rather large uh, following that, that she's going to be bring with her, bring with bringing with her to Louisville. Yeah, no doubt about it. She actually, and, and not to, uh, I don't want to tell the three the the guys who committed to Louisville, but uh, <laughs> she actually her story actually did more traffic than. Uh, uh, Jay Scrub, JJ Trainer, and uh, uh, and uh, and DeAndre Davis did, which is kind of crazy to think about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, but that's just the way uh, that's just the way it is with her and uh, uh, the whole internet thing. And uh, she's buddies with Kobe and all that kind of good stuff. So you got all that. So all right, well, Michael, busy weekend. Sunday is a uh, Saturday is Senior Day. There'll be 27 seniors out there. Uh, look, uh, for, uh, before the game, we'll be, po- I'll be posting a, a little thing, kind of looking at all the seniors and I'm not going to do a huge thing on each one of them because uh, a lot of them are guys quite honestly that haven't gotten into many games, but, but we'll do a, uh, uh, we'll do a senior thing before that. And then Sunday, a double header, the women at one and the men at six, if anything happens, hopefully out of this weekend, we'll be doing a podcast because hopefully we can put uh, some guys on commitment watch. Uh, that are here for uh, for the football team. If we do that, we'll have a special edition of the Cardscast. This has been the Cardscast with Michael McCammon and Jody Dimling.